The Missing Intelligence Podcast is part of the Acast Creators Network. I, I noticed last week that my audio was really quiet um, and I had to amplify it up. So I've moved my mic closer this week in the hope oh, that you have. it would be... Loud. And you have no t-shirt on. <laughs> it's hot! Oh, it's getting saucy. It's one of those podcasts. <laughs> it's a real sick, sexy podcast that I But I can on. leave my headphones on. <laughs> the worst thing is, I was, I was going to take my shirt off because it's really muggy in here as well. I thought we'd just be two topless guys <laughs> chatting <Yes>. shit. <laughs> topless tits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, because then we'd have to do everything topless. And then if we'd done like live shows and shit, we'd have to do that topless. And you drink. Kid as well. Yeah, I got uh, 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 to. Mike's gone off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a quarter life crisis. What can I say, Joe? <laughs> it's all beers and breasts in here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, welcome to the Missing Intelligence Podcast, where we're just two mates with a lot to say, but no one to say it to. I'm one half of the duo, Joe Barker, and I'm joined by the other half, the very topless Michael Hobley. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Hello, mate. That was really good. Did you was, yeah. <laughs> Episode eight, and you've done your first intro, and it was better than any of the previous sevens. So well done. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> you been? Course, I've been good. Yeah, I've not really been up to much, to be honest. I'm a bad and my bad self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I band had a gig on Friday, Saturday, Saturday night, which wasn't really. A band gig. It was a covers gig for the singer's relative's birthday, and it was just yeah, it's just cover songs. So you can't go wrong with that. But other than that, I've not really done much. I've been watching plenty of movies that I have been doing. Mm. I've watched a couple of movies that come out this year. One of which is Man Called Otto. Oh yeah, which is the Tom Hanks film. Thomas Hanks. Um, and then Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves. Oh, you watched that? I've been meaning yeah. to watch that because it's on Amazon. Yeah, and it's recently been added to Now TV as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I need to watch that because it, it looks badly good. So it's it's very predictable and right. cliche. Yeah. Um, like in terms of like movie setup and plot and story and all that kind of stuff. But it, it doesn't take away from its entertainment. It is an entertaining film. You'll, okay. you, you'll enjoy watching it, even if you if you, even if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons, you'll still enjoy watching it and. You can take the world for as it is rather than having to know the... Like, there's loads of little, like, Easter eggs and stuff that Dungeons & Dragons players that will be like, ha, 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 that means that. But oh. if you don't know anything about it, you'll still enjoy it. It's still... Because it's got Owlbear or something like that in it. And is it Owlbear? Yeah, an, yeah. Owl, an Owlbear, yeah. And an Owlbear. Yeah, because i Well, we discussed last week that I'm not very clued up on dungeons and dragons but yeah. yeah i don't want to give it a look apparently there's some really comical moments and yeah there really is i yeah. think there's talks that there's going to be a sequel already to be honest i, hope so. I think it I done... mean, it's got loads of scope for it so oh okay yeah. yeah 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 um yeah really really good film there's a lot of actors in it and actresses that um yeah you would know and recognize yeah there's i was constantly going through the film going oh it's them oh, it's <laughs> bradley cooper's in it at one point like he makes a bit of a, a, a oh a little cameo. cameo. Oh okay, yeah. Because yeah, um, uh, the main cast you've got Justice Smith, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, and yeah. Chris Chris Pine. Pine, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got those. Uh, Justice Smith is actually really good in it. Yeah. Hugh Grant's in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, bad guy, I think, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got a lot of people that aren't like exactly A-listers or, you know, well-known people. Mm. But it's got like Nicholas Blaine in it, who I know from Game of Thrones. Oh, it's got, oh, I don't know how to say his name, Ren, Reg, Rene Jean Page, who's from, he, I think he's most known for Bridgerton. Bridgerton, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know the guy. He, he's really good, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I reckon you'd enjoy it. It's a really good film. I'll, yeah, I'll have to give that a watch. I'll have to um, give that a watch, definitely. But, but Man Called Otto. Now, mm. uh, I think a very, very good performance from Tom Hanks again, uh, as always. I, th- I think he's one of the best actors ever. He's never done a bad film, has he? No, not, not in my opinion. No. It's not the most exciting of films. It's sort of just like a telling of a story rather than there's a major plot going on. This... A Man Called Otto was now the third film that's ever made me cry. Schindler's List and Marley and Me being the other two. I don't, again, th- this this film is just sort of like a telling of a story. Mm. Um, oh, that was the other thing that made me cry. So I just remembered. About Time made me cry as well. Um, oh, a bit with his mum. I'm thinking of In Time. Yeah, no, not In Time. The one with, the one, In Time is the one with um, Amanda Seyfried and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, no, not that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one with Rachel McAdams, Bill Nye, Margot Robbie. Oh, I don't Dom, know if I've seen that one. Domhnall Gleeson. Domhnall Gleeson. Oh, hold on. Is this the one when he... Oh, yeah, and I know the bit you're talking about. This is the one when he gets in the closet and he can time travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't, there wasn't this particular, again, much like, so with Schindler's List, there was a specific bit that made me cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when, spoiler alert, Liam Neeson's character is like trying to, he's letting everyone go because they've been liberated, but he's got going to hide him because he was part of the Nazi party. And he's like looking at his what, uh, what ring saying, oh, I could have sold that and got two more Jews. I could have sold my car and got 10 more. And he starts crying and that made me cry. And then the other one in Marley and Me, the obvious reason dog dies and it's just very 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 upsetting with man called otto and about time it's more just the story as a whole having gone through watching it made me sort of reflect and upset you know right okay, more so right, about yeah. time made me reflect but with man called otto the story just you know once you watch it through yeah um, I know something happens and it's just really sad and it, not, there wasn't a particular yeah. moment that really yeah. got you yeah yeah um and about time, it, about time specifically made me reflect on like things that I don't necessarily regret, but I would go back and want to either revisit or change in my life. Yeah. And maybe even like relive things in my life. And it just made me a bit upset. Oh. Um, yeah. So that yeah. sounded really condescending. I didn't mean it to be. Oh, <laughs> I'm such a baby. <laughs> Are you going to cry? Oh my God, I cry at films. <laughs> That's not in your bumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a man called a good film. I think. I think it's worth a watch at least once. Yeah. Um, like you said, any Tom Hanks film, quality to, quality film. Yeah. What about you, Joe? You, you cry at a lot of things, didn't you? You're quite an emotional guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite. Oh, if we're talking films, yeah. There's there's three, three films I think that have made me cry. I was going to say there's three films that I haven't cried at. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Marley and Me was the first one. Right. And I was off sick from school. And I was I remember being curled up on the sofa. And I thought, oh, this looks good. And I put that on. So I'm going to put that down to the fact that I wasn't very well. <laughs> <laughs> it made me cry. 
Uh, the other one that I remember is Captain Phillips, another Tom Hanks film. Yeah. Um, and that's when he gets rescued. Yeah, and, and he, goes he keeps saying thank you. And yeah, that really got me, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And the third film, believe it or not, was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> what? Yeah. I've not... still haven't seen it, if I'm honest. So. Yeah. Oh, man, you need to watch it. Um, yeah. I'm not going to obviously tell you at what points that I did because it's spoiler okay. alerts. But if anyone else has seen it, I'm sure that they're. They're with me on that one. That was tough. I mean, Dan's not a crier. Normally, when we go to the films, I'm the crier. She's not. Right. And it made her cry. Oh, okay. So that's like serious that's, stuff. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> um, good film, though. Uh, all, all, well, they're all good films. But yeah, to be honest, I haven't really actually watched any film. I, I watched Sticky Boys 2 the other day. I mean, um, See, the thing Venom is, right? We, this is the second time we've said Sticky Boys. And we get the joke, but it's not in an episode we've uploaded yet. Oh, no, because it was in the pilot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Sticky Boys, if, if ever we're talking about Sticky Boys, that's uh, it's Venom because of the sticky goo <laughs> alien thing. <laughs> talking about Sticky to- Sticky Boys too, it's still shit. <laughs> um, right. it's, it's not bad. It's just, it's just Sony Marvel, which is just... Put, mm. some, put them against someone that's got exactly the same powers and yeah. see how they get on, really. Yeah. Stephen Graham's brilliant in it, though. I mean, again, another massively underrated actor. Yeah. He's brilliant in everything, I think. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not Pirates in the Caribbean, but he's brilliant in everything. <laughs> yeah, I think he was a bit of a bit part, but he, he actually got that part because of Johnny Depp. What, Pirates in the Caribbean? Yeah, because or... Johnny Depp was living in, in England. I think he, he's got a house in Rye. Somewhere on the, on the, on the south coast, anyway. Right. Um, and he was watching a BBC series that had Stephen Graham in it while he was filming Pirates of the Caribbean, and was like, "I need that man in these films." That's going to be one of two, both of which are really good, and that's going to be either My Boy Blue mm. or or Our Boy Blue, wherever it is, or um, Time with Sean Bean when he get he gets sent to prison. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, or it could, it, yeah. If it was a series, it could have been one of the um, This Is England's. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's really good in this. That's a good shout, yeah. But yeah, I haven't really, apart from that, I haven't really watched any films. I've, I've mainly been playing my new Xbox. Oh. I bought an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Still not got a PC then? No, I haven't got a PC. <laughs> <laughs> but it, do you know what? There, there was a couple of games that were Xbox exclusives that I really wanted to play. It was Halo Infinite Flight Simulator. I've downloaded those too. Flight Simulator, you could only get on the next gen, and I was gutted about that, because I've got an Xbox One, right. but not the Series 1X and S. So I could never play it, and I love my planes and things like yeah. that, so I was quite gutted about, about that. Have you, got, have you got joystick? Not yet. You know, the... Yeah, the... Yeah, the, the stick. Oh, talking about planes, yeah. sorry, I'm, off on the tangent. Yeah. I learned that there's names for different positions of the wings on a plane. Um, How do you mean? Uh, what do you mean if it's below the fuselage or above the fuselage? Yeah, 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 or, yeah. So if it's if it's sort of if it's in the middle, it's mid wing. Mm-hmm. If it's sort of below the fuselage, it's low wing. Yeah, and then if it's if it's on sort of on top but not on top but not on top of like the the whole fuselage. Yeah, so, sort of in between, actually on top of it and mid wing is high wing. Yeah, if it's on top, it's called something else. Par- parasol is what it's called. Oh, parasol. Yeah. And then obviously you've got bi wing as well, or biplane, 
which has got two wings. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you've got like ones that are sort of at the bottom going upwards in like a diagonal, mm-hmm. which is a, a diural wing. Mm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And then the opposite way where it's diagonal down is an adderall wing. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. And then you've got the different shapes as well because you've got like, say on um, like a typhoon, it's more triangular yeah. face back. Did you know, Mike, yeah. that a typhoon, once it's actually in the air, mm. it's got so much thrust that it doesn't actually rely on its wings for lift. Really? Yeah, that's that's, that's why the typhoon can fly straight up without stalling. Because it doesn't rely on the air crossing the wing. Yeah, it's pure power. Yeah. And you know, a helicopter is basically a wing that spins around. It's exactly the same rules as lift, but instead of having to drive it forward to get the air across... It just spins around and creates. And to bring it down, they just it just inverts the yeah that's the, it. the way yeah, it's they, positioned, isn't it? You can see yeah. them twist. That's also to um to to steer as well. They'll twist. Oh, is it oh, to okay. um to pick up enough? A little bit like what you you would have with your uh, ailerons on a plane. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Mm. But yeah, like you were saying, the different wing shapes they got names as well. Yeah, and the one you were talking about on the typhoon, I think, is called a step back wing mm-hmm. or steeped back wing. Right. Um, but you've also got a different type of triangle one called delta wing. The sort of sort of bog standard plane, like going on holiday, is called a straight landing edge or tapered trailing edge. Oh, okay. And then yeah, there's a couple of other different ones. Yeah, it's all really and... interesting. Like, it's, I don't really get what why the shape of it matters so much. Like, like from like a, a normal rectangle to just sort of like a slight rectangle you know i suppose it's got to do and could could you have like a triangle shaped one on a very heavy aircraft does it have does the shape of it matter to the weight of the aircraft yes because uh the heavier the aircraft the more the more surface area you'd need for the wing because you would so... need to create more lift which oh man there's so many so many questions right, so... over the top talking so... about talking about but... But could you not have a still have a triangle one, but just really long? <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I think that the, the reason that they get away with that on the Typhoon is because of how much speed it's got. Right. So okay. you counteract having the. This is all me surmising. I'm pretty sure I'm, I've read certain books when I was doing flying lessons. Okay that's kind of leading me to this but i imagine with a typhoon compared to like an a330 or a 737 you're kind of getting that extra lift by extending the surface area of the wing to get more air over it whereas with the typhoon you're increasing the speed the velocity of the air so you're getting more air over them i think maybe I'm sure there's probably some truth in that, or I'm just chatting utter bollocks. Um, or, or maybe they need the triangle shape and smaller so that it it, it reduces the amount of drag. Oh yeah, and, and resistance. Yeah, yeah, probably. And okay, last question before mm. we go back to your talking about your new flight simulator game. Some planes right have the wing, and then it goes up at the end. Uh, winglets. Yeah, why is that? Um. I think it's for stability. Okay. Again, I could be wrong. Fair enough. But yeah, yeah, they're winglets. Well, there you go. And you on some of the newer planes as well, you get adjustable winglets, so they'll go up <laughs> and down. 
I love that's that's the one thing I love. I, 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 I know it's the li- <laughs> it's the little boy in me. Every time I'm flying, if I've got like a window seat, yeah, and I can see the wing, I love watching the things go. You know, yeah. And when you're coming into landing, my favorite bit is when you're coming into landing and they go to full flaps. And the flaps yeah. go all the way out, and the wing, because yeah, because that's what I'm talking about about surface area. Because the slower you are, the more surface area you need to create lift. Mm. So when you're coming in for landing, you're going to slow right down. So to cre- to have an equal amount of lift but at a lower speed, that'll extend the flaps to increase the surface area. Yeah, because yeah, the wind would come up and sort. Of, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So going back to the flight simulator, Mike, I love yes. it. Um, I was really struggling at first because, like you said, I haven't got the the stick and the thrust and stuff like that, right. the actual yeah. simulator setup as uh, yet. <laughs> but I was, really, <laughs> I was really struggling um, with using the controller. Right. And it wasn't until I was talking to our friend Luke, who's who's got the proper setup, and he, yeah, he goes mad for it. Yeah, he he, it. he gave me the idea of of get, plugging in my mouse and keyboard, so I've been using okay. my mouse and keyboard for it, and it's made it so much easier. So for so, anyone who is struggling with playing that game, because it's really realistic, definitely. So it, you bought you bought an Xbox for a, a game that yeah. you could also buy on PC and playing it as if you're playing on PC. No comment, Your Honor. <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, because unfortunately, while I'm saving for a wedding, I don't mind spending X amount on an Xbox, but I don't want to spend four grand on a PC that's going to run it at the same spec. Yeah, you could buy a decent PC for about the same price as a um, Xbox. What two hundred sixty pound? You've got a half. Oh, okay, fair. Maybe not. <laughs> But yeah, so I've I've been playing a lot of that. that that's been really fun. On the subject of planes as well, Mike, yeah. we had uh, Airborne Festival down in Eastbourne over the weekend. Oh, yeah, nice. Which is brilliant. If you've never been before, get yourself down here. It's always in August. And it's brilliant. It's such a good day out. They've got loads of stalls and things for you to buy stuff. Yeah. You get some really good displays from certain planes. Uh, this year, some of the highlights for me was they had a vampire which is quite a cool plane. You'll recognize it when you see it. It's It's got like a, a twin boom fin on it. So it's got oh, yeah, almost yeah. like two yeah, fins. Yeah, yeah. It's got the... What's the purpose of having wings and then a, like, um, what do you call it? Like a spoiler. Ah, see, I asked my uncle this. Oh. He doesn't know. <laughs> it's purely aesthetic is it <laughs> there must be some kind of reason for it but i i don't know is the right. answer to that it's got to be a design reason for it but then we're probably going into like aeronautical design oh, so the vampire was awesome they also had the red arrows which are always amazing yeah, staple, isn't it? Yeah. um any spitfires everyone likes a spitfire yeah they had spitfires they had the battle of britain um which is incredible and they changed it up a little bit this year. So the Battle of Britain is normally a bomber, a Spitfire, a hurricane, and then the Typhoon. So you've got the three sort of World War Two era planes, and right. then the Typhoon, which is obviously the new Eurofire, and it's sort of like a then and now. And what they've done last year is they had the Typhoon and the Spitfire come in together, and it's almost mm-hmm. like the this is where we started. This is where we are now, and it's incredible. Right. Like my hairs were standing up on end. 
but the interesting thing is, and they've done it again this year, but instead of having the typhoon next to the Spitfire, the typhoon come in alongside the bomber. What's incredible is to keep the typhoon going slow enough so that to to keep up with the the bomber and the Spitfire, yeah. Yeah. it has to basically fly at like a 45 degree angle so it's creating a lot of drag to keep it <laughs> slow enough to to fly alongside it because it's just so quick yeah and the typhoon's amazing i mean we we're fortunate in where we live we can hear the typhoon coming over the top of our house and right. honestly it's our, our house is quite well soundproofed and this thing yeah. sounds like it's sitting in our living room when it comes over. It's so loud. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. It really rumbles through you, especially when it's doing its tight turns and things like that. And it's yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard a a sonic boom from a plane? Not in real life. No, that's mad. Do they no, do not it? Not mad yeah, that show. you've seen it. Uh, uh, mad that you've not seen it. I mean, it's mad oh. when you hear it live. It's. They don't do it at the air show because they don't tend to go fast enough because the sonic boom is when you cross the threshold of... It's a sound barrier, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. sound barrier, yeah. I heard a F-22. We we were in Vegas a few years ago now, and we while we were there, we, we drove bikes out to um, to a town called Rachel, which is right in the Nevada desert, and it's it's the closest town to Area 51. Okay, and we took the bikes down this dirt trail, and we come to the end, and and that it was all fenced off, saying obviously no photographs, blah blah blah. This is Area Fifty One. Fuck off, mm. or you'll get kicked <laughs> out of country. You'll never come back. <laughs> and um, there was an F twenty two that was testing, or it was just flying about. And it come flying over the top of us so low that you could see the landing gear folded up in the wings, and mm. you could see the pilot. It come flying over the top of us, probably just checking what we're up to, <laughs> and then fucked off. But we heard the the two sonic booms as it sort of reached that that um, past max speed, and yeah. it's fucking yeah. Is it? We thought they were dropping bombs, <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately they, they don't do it at the air shows because it's there's not really. I, I don't really know. I suppose you're there to look at them. So if they're going top speed which top speed for the typhoon is mach 2 uh, mach okay. 1 mach being the speed of sound so it's twice the speed of sound is it's Fucking maximum hell. speed you wouldn't really see much <laughs> yeah <laughs> if that's, you just go you just see it go over the top and then all of a sudden here like, <laughs> <laughs> the sound's catching up with it <laughs> how does it go but uh, how does it go <laughs> just as you were saying uh, talking i was googling out of fascination out of curiosity rather how many decibels a sonic boom creates or generates oh okay yeah 110 just decibels fucking hell right and the uk exposure limit i guess it, what they say is healthy in a day or weekly mm. uh cycle i guess is 87 decibels fucking hell. and peak sound pressure is 140 decibels so that's probably that's probably a reason why they don't go sonic boom yeah. at these air shows yeah, yeah maybe. especially, just especially in Eastbourne yeah. with all of these old people <laughs> it's the only way they hear it is if it goes <laughs> yeah. 
Or you, you just hear the sonic boom and then you just hear the little pops of everyone's hearing aid blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting story, kind of got a little bit off topic, but uh, there was a story in the news not that long ago that the Chinese sent a spy drone over the set of um, Top Gear Maverick because right. they believed that the Americans had actually built a plane that could do Mach 10. Um, obviously it was fake they actually did build the plane but it couldn't go Mach 10 (laughs) that's stupid isn't it I I don't that's quite a huge jump what is the fastest plane how fast can the fastest plane go okay so the fastest recorded um I think was Mach 3 but it was oh, oh it was either Mach 3 or Mach 4 and that was the blackbird but it's it's impractical so it doesn't really get used it's the plane that they tend to that they use in deadpool and the x-men films and the one that's really long and so flat. google says that the fastest plane in the world is is a north american x-15 it holds yeah. a record speed for 4520 miles per hour or mac 5.93 yeah so that i was going to come on to that because that's not classified as a plane because he can't take off and land that had okay. to be flown up and then dropped and then it oh, managed okay. to reach that speed so that was more like a rocket oh fair then, enough okay. then a, then a plane okay ignore google then <laughs> yeah it was it was like in the 60s the lockheed sr-71 blackbird uh 2193,000.2 miles per hour i wonder what that is in mark Although there are some other airspeed records, but they're probably, wow, that's fast. Oh, that'd be why. It's a fucking space shuttle. Boom. <laughs> yeah, they're, they tend to be pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw 17,500 miles per hour. I was like, wow, space shuttle Columbia. That's why. I think you need like 10,000 miles an hour to break orbit, didn't you? To to, to have yeah. enough thrust to get away from the Earth's uh, yeah. gravitational pull. Yeah, so it's a Mach 3 variant aircraft. So, yeah, it's, it goes over Mach 3. So over goes, three times yeah, that, faster that, than um, the speed of sound. That, that Blackbird goes faster than Concorde. Yeah. Do you want an inf- yeah. interesting fact about Concorde? Go on. The Concorde was so fast, it used to take three hours to get from London to New York. So it actually worked out that you landed in New York before you left London. That's cool. And it was one of the only ways that you could see the new year twice. Um, but yeah, they had to. Uh, it's a shame because I, I used to love the Concorde. It was beautiful. It used to the nose used to adjust. It used to look amazing. But again, it was just impractical because I think you could only fit sixteen business class passengers on Concorde. Yeah, it, like I think that. that was the only reason why it stopped is because of cost, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it was just it just weren't financially viable. Yeah. Which is a shame. Hmm. A lot of plane talk today, though. It's great. It is. I do like them. What's, yeah. your, what's your favourite plane, Mike? Do you have a favourite plane? Um, desert. Desert. Quite like, yeah, quite like that's a nice plane, isn't it? What's that one then? Let's have a look. No, I mean like a like the Sahara. You know? Oh. Yeah. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I, I might be in cliche and putting Spitfire. Not really. 
<laughs> I like this. I, mean, I think that's just a really fun. pretty plane. It yeah. is, and it's got a beautiful sound. It's got lots of history. Oh, speaking of trivia about planes, yeah. the German dive bomber known as Junkers Ju 87, when that used to come down, it used to fly really high and then come down and attack um, low inland. Right. Um, you might, you've seen Dunkirk, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down and it makes that. Noise, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's not actually the aircraft making that noise. That was an added feature by one of the Nazi high command people, the designers. Mm. They added on little like propellers onto the wing to make that noise purely to scare the shit out of people. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that fact, Mike. Yeah. Oh, wicked. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Could, could you imagine being that fucked that you'd be like, oh, this, this killing machine isn't quite scary enough. We want it's to make... make it slightly scarier. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to add it's the ma- little propellers into things to make it sound very scary. <laughs> I love your German accent. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're totally going to offend that one German listener we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so I learned that the other day. Oh, nice. I'd, I'd say my favourites. I've got my favourite passenger plane is either the 747 because I've always loved that plane. It's, it's just defies the laws of physics. It's just so huge. And then more, sort of more recently, the A380 because it's that little bit bigger and the Airbus A380. Or for like overall planes. I love and always have loved the Harrier jump jet. Okay. Um, it had what's called VTOL, which is vertical takeoff and landing. So you could either fly it like a normal plane or you could adjust the engines. The engines used to physically turn and point downwards so that it could take up, take off vertically. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it could hover. Yeah. It was just really googling cool. because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool looking plane as well. It is. Yeah. You know what, right? And this is probably um biased opinion from my end and or patriotic opinion, but planes just automatically look so much better with the RAF seal on I, it. Oh, do you know what? Like, again, not to offend any of our international listeners, but I think you're so right. Like, because in Flight Simulator later that I've been playing, because it's mm. a, a American, uh, one of the only jets you've got, like fighter jets that's on it comes on the base game is mm-hmm. one of the American jets and it's got right. the American Air Force logo on it. And you're right, it would look so much better with that little RAF. That it just looks so smart. Yeah, the American the American Air Force one looks a bit It's got like, like a, a ribbon around it, hasn't it? Yeah. But the old style one was just like a circle with a star and like a ribbon through it, like you say. Yeah. But it, it looks like they've got they've <laughs> gone through a a rebrand. <laughs> and it just looks crap. It's like I can't, I can't even describe it. It's kind of like an eagle. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's With a star odd. in the middle. It's crap, isn't it? I it looks like... the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's strange. It looks too modern. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I think, I think, Just appreciate your heritage and keep your yeah, definitely. So, do you know that? Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Mike, but a little bit of a tangent. The Americans have started a new, um, what would you call it, like a shoot-off from the government, an army shoot-off. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, called the American or the United States Space Force. 
<laughs> this is <laughs> not a, a lie. TV show. Yeah, it's not a lie. It's called the United States uh, Space Force. So it's the Department of the Air Force, uh, like an offshoot from the Air Force. Now, if you get the logo up for that mic. Oh my god, it's not it's got the fucking um <laughs> it's Starfleet Enterprise. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's got the Star Trek thing, yeah. It actually is. It's even got like the little loop going around it. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, these bloody yanks, what are they saying at? <laughs> it's not even a secret. I mean you look at them side by side, they're in... I know obviously the American Air Force, it's, the Space Force, is more of an arrow, but it's, it's, it's funny. Every other picture, you've got the, the legitimate new United States Space Force thing, and then just next to it, and every other picture subsequently, is uh, Steve Crow. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> the thing is, right... Like obviously you got Air Force, you got I don't know what they call it, Navy, I guess. Did they America's called Navy, Navy Force. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they've got the Navy. Space Force just sounds childish. It does. But you can't it? really call it anything else, can no, you? No, I don't know. Space Marines. I think that sounds, sounds even worse. That's that's just as bad. Yeah. Space Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Galactic Force. Galactic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the Space Force like ranking. Signets, I don't know what you call them, ranks for like sergeant and that. Oh, okay, yeah. All of them have the the Star Trek thing on it. <laughs> like Specialist One is just the Star Trek thing. Oh yeah, I've got it. I've got it on. Specialist here. Two is a Star Trek thing with a line for it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're gonna have like different coloured uniforms depending on what what they do on the ship? Well, like orange and <laughs> blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in Star Trek. Like Star Trek. <laughs> oh, they've got it. I don't know. Oh, that looks legit. They've got the uniform. It does look kind of uh, like Star Trek-y. With the like, lapels going like that. Going, like coming down as, at an angle. Yeah. yeah. I could imagine one <laughs> in green, one in yellow. She, and she's, yeah, she's got the, the Star Trek thing on her hip thing, or like about her rib. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sort of on, like, the shoulder bit. <laughs> Someone's photoshopped it to give her the, you know, the glasses. I think, it, I can't remember, is it data? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> oh, come on, America, sort your shit out. I think that's a good You know what, Joe? Show. We're an hour into this record, and we've not even gotten to the question yet. This is, oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> should we, should we? Go to the question now, then. Yeah, we we got on so many tangents already. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Uncle Disco has a que- another question for us this week. Ooh. Ooh. What three other podcasts would you recommend to your audience, and why? Ooh. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go on, I'll go first because one of mine is actually a recommendation from Uncle Disco himself. Oh. And I'll start with that one, yep. <clears throat> which is the Joe Marler Show. Oh. So for those of you who don't know, Joe Marler is a uh, English rugby player. I think he's close to retiring. I think he's on the edge of it. Yeah, so he's, I think he's taking a step back from England now and he's focusing his time on Harlequins. But he does a podcast, and his podcast all revolves around talking to people about what they do for a job. And it could be something as expert as a detective or an archaeologist or something like that or it could be someone 
as bog standard as a binman or I know he's had like a, a sewage worker on once. And it's very, very interesting. Some of this, well, a lot of the guests he comes, I think every guest he's come, I've listened to, to be fair, has yeah. been very interesting. You learn stuff from it. Um, there was only one episode that I had to turn off from the Joe Myler show. It was quite a recent one. That? It was the guy who used to look after cattle or he was a cattle oh. vet. And he was talking about when they get blisters between their hooves. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was yeah. Cringe. I got about up to there, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I think another day <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll revisit that one." <laughs> and that and that day hasn't come. No, <laughs> well, I normally listen to it in the morning, and the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I, well, the first thing I don't like to do is listening to how someone gets rid of that kind of thing from that kind of area. <laughs> Not a fan, yeah. but I, I think that's a really good. Yeah, really good overall, I think it's incredible. I think. Yeah. He's very charismatic, and so is Tom. I'm trying to think of his Ford, Ford, Ford nice. Ice, that's it. Um, yeah. I think between the two of them, they're brilliant interviewers. Very funny. You can tell that they're that when they interview that their interviewee uh, is very relaxed with them. Yeah, which is obviously it's nice from a listener's point of view. It's nice that, that you know you can create that atmosphere Definitely. from a list. You know, from our point of view. Um, but what I really like about Joe Marler in particular is he's really humble in the fact that he is naive and ignorant about a lot of things, not ignorant, but like he, he just doesn't know much and he's there to learn about stuff yeah. and he's not shy about asking questions that may on the face of it seem stupid or yeah, ignorant, mm. but he's just literally there. He's, he's got his own pre position. Yeah. Pre- it's almost like he's, he's interviewing yeah. people with obviously no prior knowledge of what they do and or stereotypical knowledge of what they do yeah exactly and like he he will ask the basic questions which is good for for people that aren't aware of that kind of industry and things like that and yeah it's very interesting and yeah the way that they do it is just really good overall yeah so yeah that's a great shout my next one is one that you introduced me to joe and in fact you introduced me to this group in as a whole yes it's the auntie donna auntie donna auntie donna yeah i remember auntie (laughs) donna (laughs) um for those you don't know auntie donna are a comedy trio from australia they are very much an alternative comedy group um they're not like you kind of have to have a certain type of sense of humor they're quite satire aren't they they're very yeah silly, but silly funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um, um they remind me a little bit if you're going to sort of bring it to someone that's quite famous i would say like a bit of a bob mortimer and vic reeves yeah that kind of silly humor um yeah. but they're great they yeah they are fun. but what i really like about so for the sort of backstory they they met as a uh drama school group and they used to do loads of like drama exercises and stuff and they incorporate that in, into some of their episodes with their podcast mm-hmm. and one of the, like the ongoing sort of trends that they have is an episode called party quirks which is one of them gets sent out of the room and the other two come up with characters for each other now normally when you're doing this as, as a drama student or whatever it would be like oh you're from chicago and you're really into soccer yeah or, or you're the queen or you're yeah. this particular person freddie yeah, Mercury, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah the person who's out the room has to try and guess who you well, work out who you are or what you, what you are and, and through talking to you and stuff but they've done it for so many years that their party quirks are so outlandish and so ridiculous that it just it's for anyone it's, it's impossible to... yeah that'll be like <laughs> the essence of something 
yeah. <laughs> of, of a feeling or something like that. But then there'll be like lots of layers as well. Yeah, it'll be like you're 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 the essence of guilt. Yeah. <laughs> and every time he says something about food, you change your accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was and there was one recently where Mark, one of the one of the uh, trio, he spoke with an Irish accent, but then wasn't allowed to know what Ireland was or he didn't know <laughs> yeah, what Ireland right. was. But then yeah. the other guy who was Broden who was um trying to guess the quirk had to actually say those specific words. You're from Ireland but, but you don't know what Ireland is. But you know yeah. what Northern Ireland is, just not yeah. the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. yeah. And he knew that the town that he was from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're from Cork. Yeah, that's in Ireland. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it, like I say, it, t- it takes a certain kind of humour to enjoy them. I think, but I, they, they, they're really, I, I find them bloody hilarious. And I look forward to it every week. Just mm-hmm. they're ridiculous. Like, at the moment, they're going, through, they're going through like the parallel, parallel, uh, like Inception type thing. Oh, the, yeah. the Time Out par- uh, Inception yeah. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. It's so silly, and it's just so out of hand. Yeah. Um, Every time they say time out, they go into like the next level the of next time level. out, like the Inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they set rules for each level. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like um, they're like an improv group, and yeah, they do yeah. their episodes. They'll so they'll come out um, up with an idea of their episode, and then completely just improvise. The, the story or the the whole episode and yeah they're brilliant yeah. and some of the stuff and what I really what I really like about them is they they go with what everyone go, says and yeah. they just go with the flow and just go, get on with it it's always know? yes and like, yeah because yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and we're going to see them in September yeah, yeah can't, oh, can't I honestly cannot wait man it's gonna be so good yeah and then my third one is Lad Bible's extraordinary lives now I did I was gonna choose something ahead of this but I um, asked you ahead of time what yours were and one of yours is what i would have put in this place but nevertheless i do look l- like this one the lad bible's extraordinary lives the only thing is it doesn't come out every week it comes out in drips and drabs but the premise of this one is they get people on to talk about their extraordinary lives but it's not necessarily as in the same vein as joe marlow where it's bogged down to people talking about their job even though their job might be extraordinary or uh, an expert job the extraordinary lives one the people that have gone through something that very very little people would have gone through uh for example that's there was one guy who was on it, it was um undercover for a, a drug uh, a drug bust for like six years or something and he talked about that whole experience and the thing that i took away from that episode was they like arrested all these people um made like huge arrests and got so many drugs and like millions and millions of pounds worth of drugs they, they they stopped and the chief of police or whatever it was came over to me and he says oh well done guys you uh you stopped the the drug you, you know two years six years whatever long it was undercover very hard work very good work and you stopped the drug drug trade for two two hours well done brilliant which <laughs> <laughs> was literally the case because he like he then he, he explained that yeah they made all these arrests but those drugs still had to get moved on and some other gang just picked it up yeah, you, you're only ever going to... You're always going to be a step behind. Yeah, you're always going to be a step behind, but all you're going to really do is just in inconvenience them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than stop what they're doing, because it's such a huge operation. Yeah, 
you yeah. catching a a dealer is not going to have a, a huge effect on what's actually well, as, going as, on. as I'm saying, they they stopped a gang, yeah. a drug gang, yeah, exactly. And it only it only disrupted the 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 war on drugs or whatever the the distribution of drugs for two hours, <laughs> and they they stopped a major gang. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Yes, and he now, I think he now campaigns for the legalization of all drugs in the UK. Um, because the he, was, he basically says that the war on drugs is unbeatable. Yeah. Unless you unless you legalize it. To be fair, I've I, I I agree. I've always been of the same sort of idea. Not not because I think drugs should be legalized, but purely to because it will stop gang war. It will stop lots of the stuff that comes with it, and then also because yeah. people were gonna do drugs. There's there's no doubt about it. If 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 People are hooked on a particular drug or like a weed yeah. or cocaine. They're going to get their hands on it. They're going to do it. So why not decriminalize it, get rid of all these gangs, monetize it by taxing it. So it's yeah. more income to the government anyway. And then all these things can be grown or created in labs where they can be monitored. And it's con- controlled and, and monitored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it can still be controlled in the sense of, because what my idea was previously when I was talking to someone else about it is maybe being issued like a card that you take to your chemist and say, mm. right, I want, I don't know, a, a gram of cocaine. And then they scan it and they, and it goes on the computer and it says, right, this person got some at the, on this date and on this date and on this date. And um, this is their weight. This is their height. This is how much they can be prescribed and things like that. So you can't, it, it kind of also gets rid of the fact that you can OD and things like that because you're yeah, only being yeah. issued the amount that you should be issued. And then I know people are going to find ways of getting around that they're going to send someone else in to get some more if they want more and yeah, things like that of yeah, course yeah. but for the government to sort of keep it safe in their from their point of view they can only issue what you're prescribed yeah and you can only issue it like once a month or something like that and it's all stored on the card and you have to take your card in order to get it yeah i mean there's there's plenty of things out there that are legal that can destroy your health or destroy yeah. cigarettes, your alcohol, social, so, yeah, or, or and, and all of those. Again, not only does it destroy your health, but it destroys your social mm. stature. I guess yeah. I don't know, like like your family life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, as much as drugs would. So yeah, it's it's an interesting debate to have about that. Yeah, go on, Joe. What's your uh, what's your three? Okay, so um, Mike, I'll start with one that you were gonna choose, but I got in there first, and that is that. Peter Crouch podcast for anyone that enjoys football. Um, yeah, the Peter Crouch podcast is brilliant. There's, there's a few things that I like about it. One, you get a bit of an insight into what's going on behind the scenes with players, especially players of sort of Peter Crouch's era. Um, they talk about what it's like to be a footballer and uh, in certain stadiums and things like that. And they, they'll kind of pick, um, a different subject every week. Mm. which is really good. Overall, the team that they've got there, so it used to be um, Peter Crouch, 
Chris Stark, who's a Radio 1 DJ, or I think he's Capital DJ now, and uh, a guy called Statman Dave, who was a natural <laughs> Statman for, for football. If you don't know what that is, that's you hire a Statman at a football club to go over yeah, like player analyst, performance yeah. and and, and yeah, analyse all the numbers and data, basically. Recently, he's been... Uh, he's been hired by Borussia Dortmund or, or someone in in Germany. So he hasn't really been on. Oh, the... I didn't realise that. I didn't know he actually. Yeah, yeah. So he actually yeah. does work for, for clubs. But yeah, he's been picked up. I think it's either Borussia Dortmund or um, Bayern Munich. One of the big clubs I'm... in, in, I want, in Germany. I where he's gone to. Yeah, yeah so nice. at the moment they've got Steve, Steve Sidwell on there, which they keep calling the, the notorious <laughs> SID because... Yeah of a rap it's a long story but yeah it was, i think they've got so much chemistry yeah between the three of them they're really funny sometimes they'll have guests on there mainly other you, footballers and things like that and and discuss do you reckon we can uh we can get a shout out for passing the pod on our pod potentially i'll email them <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they're, they're incredible really good podcast I, I, I think even if you're not into football you could Definitely give it a listen and still be entertained just from like old stories yeah. that they tell about their time being a footballer and things like that. It's, yeah, it's good. And, and and some of their guests aren't necessarily footballers. Like they had Idris Elba on a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, they um, did. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. No, you're, you're spot on, Joe. It's I think it's really good, really good, and it it feels like you're with them because they're normally at a pub. Lately, they've been at the Brewdog uh, pub in Waterloo. And it feels like you're with them, having a drink with them, which is which is obviously nice. Yes. There's there's two things. There's ongoing things with that podcast that, like, first of all, I am totally on the side of um, Chris Stark about barbecues. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm you're like, a BBQC. I'm a bit. I'm a BBQC plus. Or <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, I I really really get. I'm on Aaron Ramsdale's side represent the goalkeepers because they hate like peter crouch hates goalkeepers and it says that they're like, not true footballers yeah fuck him <laughs> we got we got problems crouchy <laughs> so one of the other ones that i like is i've kind of gone for a bit of a broad list so i normally listen to peter crouch for my football news and football stuff i listen to a podcast called red-handed really good it's two ladies that host it and they talk about true crime Sometimes they'll do stuff in, in, in the UK. Sometimes they'll do stuff in the US. But yeah, it's all about tr- true crime stories and who doesn't like a bit of true crime, to be honest. Yeah, it's a really good podcast. They've, they've been um, true crime podcast of, of the year, two years in a row in the British Podcast Awards. Yeah, they're re- really, yeah, really sure. entertaining. I'd never heard of it. When you sent the list, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the, some of their episodes now. Um, like Grenfell Tower being one, Biggie and Tupac. Yeah. They're, they're, they're incredible. That, that, I, I've now subscribed to it, so oh, I'm good. definitely, yeah, give, that definitely give it a listen. Um, so it's it's uh, two ladies, as I say, called Hannah and Saruti. Again, very good chemistry. They have a laugh, obviously, all things considered, because some of their episodes can yeah. be quite dark and quite um, controversial. But yeah, really good. So how how is it set up? Do they just talk about what happened, or is it kind of like a dramatized? Type? No, so it's not dramatized. They just go through the stages, and they'll start with the beginning and then and tell the whole story. Basically, okay. sometimes they do over two episodes. Sometimes they just fit into one. Um, and is it is it more of like a like reading of a Wikipedia page, or is it like a documentary type? No, style? it's more yeah, more of like reading of a of a Wikipedia 
page, I would say. But then they sort oh, and then discussing amongst yeah, them. and then as, as they yeah. get to a certain point, they'll they'll break down, give their opinion, uh, discuss certain aspects okay. of of the crime or or what actually happened. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, their delivery is really good. I find with a lot of those true crime podcasts, because again, as I say, I like true crime podcasts, but some of them mm-hmm. you always get someone that's got a really mundane voice and it makes it really boring and they just go in 2017 there was a crash and it's just like leave it out whereas these two they're bubbly and they've they've got a lot of character which is good panaz yeah Yeah. nice Uh, my last one is called the weekly planet is two australian guys who basically go through the news uh what's happening in, in entertainment and they'll normally do like a review of the latest film that comes out as well mike also got you into one of their shows because yeah. they do like a side show of, of once a week called caravan of garbage where they'll talk about an older film and it, not necessarily a bad film sometimes they will do good films and stuff uh, and just give their their um their ideas on it and yeah i think they're very funny again so um, you you got me into that caravan of garbage uh, during the period where there were loads of Disney films coming out. So they were doing loads of Disney film reviews. Yeah. And I learned very quickly that one of them really doesn't like Disney yeah, films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, uh, is it, I think Nick Mason doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's Nick Mason. <laughs> it's and... just like, what did, what did you make of this film? Didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went back thinking, oh, maybe I'll like it this time. And I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you mentioned about the girls, um, they're really in- this entertaining to listen to. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Because I, I hate listening to English accents on podcasts. I don't know what it mm. is, but it really annoys me. It kind of grinds on me whereas the reason that i like listening to australian podcasts is because they've got very similar humor to the english but delivery but the is, delivery yeah. is funnier because yeah. of the accent i find anyway whereas yeah. when you listen to american podcasts the american humor is very different to ours like yeah. um so yeah I, I do like an australian podcast and these guys are brilliant yeah. um definitely give give yeah. them a listen and Mike, we were discussing also when when we got this question because there's there's podcasts that you listen to every week where there's a new episode similar to ours um where they'll come out a new, new episode every week but you also get limited series episodes uh limited series podcasts where they will tell a certain story over six or ten episodes or whatever so we wanted to add in what our favorite limited series uh was as well and one that i've been listening to recently as recently as today is called the battersea poltergeist uh, it's a true story from uh, battersea in the 1950s uh all based on the supernatural basically there was a situation where there was um a poltergeist who uh, was living in a house and then attached itself to one of the daughters from this family and it basically just tells the story uh, of of what was going on there, and it's a BBC podcast, and they're kind of delving into it and actually trying to sort of debunk it as well at the same time. Because personally, I'm I'm not really a believer in the supernatural. Aliens, yes, ghosts, not as much. Oh, that, that was going to be my first question to you. Yeah. Is, do you believe it? Yeah, not really. Not really, right. but it's it's cool because there's a lot of things it, that I'm listening to, and I'm like trying to think of ways how to 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 debunk it, 
How could that have mm. happened? What's a more legitimate reason for that occurring? Um, and there's a couple of things where you're just like, mm, don't know if I could actually debunk that. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Really good. But there was the, the, So my limited series, Joe, is, uh, again, another sort of true crime. I, I don't know if you can call it a true crime because it's not technically a crime, um, but it's, it's a limited series called Sweet Bobby. Mm. And it, it's this sort of investigative journalist who was following this story. Um, it's still fairly recent. I think it's going on today. Mm. Um, this woman was in a relationship online with someone for a good couple of years and and you know as, as you would in a relationship you'd give up a big part of your life to accommodate that person and, and do things with this person transpires it's the, the person she thought she was in a relationship with this isn't a spoiler it's it's i think it's even part of the blurb um is a catfish it's not who she thinks it is and i'm not going to give any spoilers away just in case anyone watches mm-hmm. it but you, you follow the investigation and each episode is like a different part of the story and it gets, I think it gets to episode six where the investigation stops and it now becomes sort of current. And it, 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 there's plot twists and there's uh, questions of morality and all that kind of stuff thrown in, in the mix. And the reason why I said it's technically not a crime, uh, not a, a, a true crime thing is because catfishing in the UK isn't a crime. Um, and although they're trying to go to court with this, it, it, they can't really because it's not it's not a crime so that's what's that's why it's still going on today because they're trying to change the law they're trying it. to criminalize it but yeah 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 um but it's, yeah. it's a very interesting listen well um well thank you uncle uncle disco we'd, we'd actually like to hear from you and what what podcast you'd recommend for for us or our listeners apart so, from ours of um, course of course oh, yeah, you're I mean, too kind uncle disco oh, i'm yeah. blushing yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah get, get let us know um what you what you listen to and then Maybe we can listen to it and enjoy it along with you. Mike, should we breeze through uh, some of the sporting news? I don't particularly want to talk about football this week, but I suppose we have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say I'm going to save that until yeah, the end. So let's let's talk will. about let's talk about the women's World Cup final, yeah, shall we? Do. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the lionesses didn't bring it. Up. To be fair, there's not much to say. Spain were the better team. They were. They the were team. the better. They moved the ball round. So much better. I mean, there, it did step up a gear when Lauren James come on for England. I don't think they should have taken Alessia Russo off. Mm. I think she was having a good game. She just wasn't getting supplied. But she's one of them game-changing players where you can give her an inch and she'll take a mile. But yeah, overall, I think the best team won. It was a brilliant save, yeah. penalty save from Mary Earps. Um, okay, so, so now you've brought that up, Joe. Yeah. So I think that was quite a controversial point in the game yes. i don't think it should have been a penalty no. because she's not deliberately handled no. it but i know that the rules are the rules yeah. nowadays that if it makes contact with the ball and your hand's not in a natural position which it kind of isn't yeah. if, if you look at it yeah um it's, it's a handball i don't like the new not... rules of the handball i think the new rules of the handball are taking it away from the referee using their judgment, judgment. yeah when you're looking at the actual rules of the game Yes, it was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, hand has I made think, yeah. yeah. But when you're making a judgment call like that, if if that was in like a game that we're we if we set up a level side game right now, Mike, and yeah. you did that in the box, I wouldn't agree that that's a handball. I think when you actually yeah. use your judgment and and actually look at the situation as a whole rather than just where her hand was when it made contact mm. with the ball, 
yeah, I, I don't think because the thing is, if if you have if you apply the rule of any contact with the hand to the ball is handball regardless of the circumstance, then it's it's not going to be long before players are just kicking the ball at a yeah, person to hundred percent exactly. And and unfortunately now players do have that skill of just getting the toe underneath yeah. it, whipping it up. And if you're in the mm. box and you think, oh, I ain't got a scoring opportunity, I oh, know I'm just going to whip this at the defender's hand and then get a handball. But so so um so I, I don't think it was a penalty, no. but the rules are the rules. The rules are the rules. So the penalty was given. Uh, uh, and the, the the next thing I'm going to say mm-hmm. is in the detriment to both what I believe as a goalkeeper and to the detriment of England. Yeah. But the penalty should have been retaken because the goalkeeper came off the line. Yeah. But she went backwards. Before, she started behind the line, but she was at least half a foot off of the line when the ball was struck. See, um, I thought and it was I, two I watched... feet off the line. No, you have to stay on the line when the ball struck. Oh. That's 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 the rules of penalties. Yeah. Um and she had both her feet at least half a foot in front of the line when the ball was struck. She was already mid dive when the ball was struck. Oh. I watched it back four or five times just to make sure that her trailing foot, because it was kind of bent backwards, yeah. wasn't in line with the, the, the line. And I don't know whether or not VAR would have looked at that mm. to see and if if that foot was in line of the line. I don't know if the rule says it has to be in line or on the line, mm. like actually making contact with the line. Yeah. Um, but if it was in line, then fair enough, penalty stands. Or the penalty kick stands. Yeah. But from what I saw, watching it back three or four times, it wasn't. And it should have, it should have been retaken. Yeah. Which, again, goes against my rule, my <laughs> my own opinion as a goalkeeper. Because as a goalkeeper, as as playing as, as a goalkeeper, a, pen, a penalty kick is so against oh, you. Oh, 100%. As a it, um, it's not 50-50. It no, doesn't matter not, how many people say it. A, a penalty kick is not 50-50. The, the odds are stacked so far against the goalkeeper. The yeah. So I, I think making the goalkeeper stay on the line. Like if it, if, if I think it was Schwartz, uh, or is it Boaz Myhill? A few uh, like ten years or so back, would literally take like six steps as the players doing a run up, basically be on a six yard box before the shot's taken. Yeah. That obviously. Yeah, of course. Shouldn't. But but to be to restrict goalkeepers from taking a step diagonally forward yeah. and taking a dive. I mean, that's what you naturally do as a goalkeeper anyway, and that's what you're trained to do. Yeah. But to take that away from goalkeepers is just ridiculous. You know maybe, it just makes... maybe they could change the rule and do it so that when the player starts their run-up, the, mm. the, the goalkeeper can leave the line. And then, no, that, then, then... And then that would get rid of the whole stutter situation because the player's going to want to take the kick as fast so... as possible and they're right. just going to stand over the ball. <laughs> So this was the other thing I was going to bring up from the West Ham Chelsea game, right. right? And again, it goes against the it goes against me as a West Ham fan, right? Because I, I I will talk about that when we talk about it, right? But put a pin yeah. in that. But to talk about that, making it so that the goalkeeper can come off the line while the run up's starting, that will just bring in back into what Boaz Myhill or whoever it is that well, goalkeeper did it, where they'll just run up to the yeah. six yard box. What they should just allow is kind of like with the penalty rule, the handball rule. Sorry, it's just judgment. If they've taken a step off, fine. If they've taken seven steps off, no, retake yeah. it. You know, it's just it's just common sense and judgment. I just I just think it'll be entertaining to watch like players have to like now instead of having getting the opportunity to say this long run up and then have that little hop skip fucking well, start and what... put it in the back of the net. 
I think it would just be funny that they've got to stand right over the ball because the further, <laughs> the longer it takes yeah. them to run up, the closer the goalkeeper. And you're just seeing this goalkeeper just go, just legging it right. But yeah, the, yeah, un- unlucky to the Linus. Mm, yeah, definitely. They obviously made everyone proud. I think, yeah, yeah 100%, 100%. It's not, it's not a detriment to their to their performance in the, in the competition because they were incredible all the way through. It was yeah. just unfortunate yeah. that, that they, they didn't quite turn out the... Um, yeah. performance that we anticipated in, for the final. Yeah. Go on then, Mike. Um, let's chat shit about your fucking team. Uh, yeah, so the mighty, the mighty Amers, West Ham United 3 versus those blue tossers, Chelsea. One. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much I can say about this game. Do, do you know what? West Ham were the better team. I don't think Chelsea played no, particularly no, I bad. I was gonna say I don't think I think it was a fairly even yeah, game. Oh, 100 percent. Um, in terms of performance, yeah. Chelsea had a lot more possession, but that's just West Ham in in, yeah. in a nutshell. We don't have much possession no. anyway, and you we're very much a counter on the counter attack on multiple occasions. Yeah. There was some silly, uh, silly mistakes from Chelsea. Obviously, gave you a penalty at the end. Well, um, well, from your your 115 million pound yeah, man. I need to get into that mainly. <laughs> <laughs> He was dog shit. He came on for like 37 minutes and was absolutely crap. Yeah, he didn't. Paqueta had him in his pocket. Yeah. He was just running I mean, I mean give the all. boy a chance. It is his first 30 minutes for a new team, is all I would say to yeah, that. He's, but, yeah, but he's a professional footballer who's played in the Premier League for a couple yeah, of seasons already. So. Yeah, that's true. Like, it, if he's worth 150 million, he, he should, should be just walking be able to into hit the ground running and scoring yeah. a goal. Uh, I mean, look at Declan Rice. Yeah. Yeah, Declan Rice. He's he's been a game changer at Arsenal. Yeah. I mean his 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 performance against Palace was just immense. Mm. And and rightly so, everyone's everyone's talking about. But anyway, yeah. let's not get sidetracked <laughs> West Ham being Chelsea three one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Now, now I did I did put a pin into something. So oh, I'm yeah, talk about on. that first. The penalty. So obviously we uh, we we scored a penalty to make it three mm-hmm. one. Uh Lucas Paqueta. Um and you and you mentioned about the run up. Now he did a slow stuttering run up kind of thing. Really take well taken penalty, you know, definitely a penalty. Yeah. I thought. My question to you, Joe, mm-hmm. is which we can answer at the end of our discussion of talking about West Ham beating Chelsea three uh, one. I'm, I'm going to see how many times I can say that. Three <laughs> one. Um, uh, is what rule change would you would you implement into the game? Uh, mine would be, since we're on the subject, uh, changing the pen penalty run up rule. Yes. You have to have a consistent yes. run-up. You see either you're doing little tippy-tappy-tappies the whole way through like Pogba yep. does, or you're doing a... a you need to a, maintain a your speed stride. and course. Yeah, I think so. But the, the thing is, it was always a... Well, not always a rule, but they brought in a rule where you couldn't start your penalty. Yeah, where you, you couldn't feign a shot. Yeah. yeah. Where the fuck did mm. that go? Well, no, no. So that, that's still a thing. You can't feign a shot but you can alternate your strides. Right. See, yeah, I, I think it's wrong. Like you say, like, like we said earlier, Mike, it's already, the penalty sh- shots are already in favour of, of the player. Yeah. And yeah. now you're kind of turning the tide even more by doing these stutters. Because for those of you that don't know, basically what the player is trying to do by doing a little hop or like a Jorginho when he does like a little hop before he strikes the ball. He's trying to yeah. see the goalkeeper's reaction. Or they let them pre-commit. Yeah, to those because and, yeah. unfortunately, if if what what most 
penalty takers can do in the Premier League is they can put the ball so far in the corner. Unfortunately, the goalkeepers do have to pre-commit in order mm. to get up there to to save it. Yeah, and I think you 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 you're giving them even more opportunity to score because now I mean look at like five aside right mm. five aside you have to take a one step run up yeah. like that's just a rule you can't change that there's no way you can alternate your running up no. for that it's it's one step bang, bang. It, it should be the same in eleven yeah. aside it should be you're allowed to as long as run, run up as you want but you getting from where you start to where you hit the ball has to be a, contis- a consistent speed. stride yeah. Yeah, how how quickly or how slow you go? That's entirely or, up to you, know, you. And how direct you move, you move is entirely like up to you're you. saying, Mike. You, if you want to, if you want to do zigzags, do you zigzags. Can't start but... running at full speed, stop, and then take your shot, or vice versa. Mm. Do little yeah. slow tippy tap, tippy tap, tippy tap, and then right at the last, just jump and smash it. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. It, the whole point of a penalty is that it's supposed to be an even chance and, between the, the goalkeeper and the goal scorer. Yeah. And the, the other thing is We need to do well. more for the goalkeeper to make it even than allowing these new tactics that, that the strikers are imposing. The other thing is as well, and I know it's a different type of spot kick, but you don't ever see people doing the tippy-tappy, uh, like the, the I'm running, I'm tippy-tapping, I'm running again yeah. during corners or free no. kicks. But they don't do it. Like so, they they can kick a ball with power in you know in a direction mm-hmm. of the goal, without doing it. So what's the difference with penalties? All all they're doing with penalties is 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 to put off the goalkeeper, yeah. and that's in my view that's not sports. Mike, what's your thoughts that's on passing a, a corner? Um, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think do you like seeing it by passing? Do you mean like so you passing to hold in the corner or like just a short corner? No, 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 uh, on penalty kicks. Wait, what? What are your thoughts on passing a penalty kick? Oh, I thought you said passing a corner. Oh, I might have done, but I meant penalty kick. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, passing a penalty. Yeah, no, I don't, no, absolutely no. not. A penalty should be one shot, yeah. one shot on yeah. goal is what it should I, be. I don't like the whole passing the penalty kick. No. I think it's silly. I just don't like it. It's boring yeah. no, as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like the sweaty goal. It is, it? it is like a sweaty goal. Yeah, yeah. So so so, what rule would you change, or would you agree in changing that? No, no, no. Rule? I I think the run out run out rule. Um, but Joe, going back to the free one. <laughs> I still got things to talk about. <laughs> so we we had a debutant in James Ward Prowse, yes. who I thought he, he was man of the yeah, match. Yeah, I thought he played really well. He deserved it. I think he did a really, he, really, really good game. He, his set pieces were brilliant. Again, he's he's a set as, piece as they always are. specialist. Yeah. But his corner kicks on point. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think he had a good game. I, 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 th- I think he's going to be a major asset for us because that's, that's kind of what we rely on. Yeah. We need people to, to put those... I said that in. when you signed him, that I like mm. James Ward Prowse and I think he was a... He he was a star of a of a dying team. He was definitely one of the players that I thought he's got to come out of that Southampton team because he deserves to play in the Premier League. And yeah, um, yeah I think he was the perfect buy for for West Ham for sure. Definitely. And our and our other player um, Alvarez, who's also a yep. midfielder, um, he he made an appearance uh, off the bench and he looked fucking solid. Alvarez put in so many challenges against Banduki, like he just he just wasn't getting past mm. him. So he looks like a he's, he looks like he's going to be a decent yeah. signing. And West Ham like that kind of player that just puts a foot yeah. in and does the hard graft. So I, I think he's he's going to turn out to be really good. And I'm actually genuinely quite surprised how well West Ham started this. Yeah, season. they have. You know, a draw, not draw, a draw, draw and a win, win is, is really Can't good. Can't knock that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
a win against Chelsea of all teams as yeah. well. Although I don't think you're going to be up there as your, in your usual stature of fighting for your uh, Champions no, League. I, you're still a decent yeah, team. Yeah, I think Chelsea should be aiming for sitting up and settle with like a Europa. I think the thing that I took away from Chelsea's performance, I, I think he did play well um, generally, but I think you're still you're still struggling with um, creating chances. Yeah. Not not necessarily scoring. Yeah, I think you're you're probably all right in that department, but it's just the creating of the chances. I think the title change when Nkunku uh, comes back, and he's yeah. he's got a really good stature. Like he's he's quite a big player as well. And I think Chelsea's always played well with imposing strikers, uh, Didier Drogba yeah, and Diego yeah, Carlos. Exactly. Um, so I think he's, he's definitely going to fit the Chelsea mould. I tell you what, you guys could not contain Antonio. No, he had a really good game. He had a great yeah. game, which is unlike him. But anyway, I'm noticing the time yeah. and how long we've been yeah. recording for. Should we quickly... Um, we, do have, we do have some other bits to talk yeah. about. <laughs> so, uh, should we try and breeze yeah. through that? Well, I've only got one bit of um, entertainment news this week. So, um, Mike, we discussed this beforehand. Now, you don't remember this game, um, but I don't know if our listeners will. There was a game, it was made by Naughty Dog, who make uh, Last of Us and ooh, Uncharted. Previously... In like the early 2000s on PlayStation 1 slash PlayStation 2, they used to have a game series called Jack and Daxter. Similar sort of setup as Ratchet and Clank, where it's like a bit of a platformer uh, with two characters. Jack and Daxter was brilliant. Really, I really enjoyed it. It was such a good game. Um, mm. I get a lot of nostalgia when I see the characters. And obviously now with, with PlayStation Classics, you can play the originals, which is really mm. So they are making a film of it off of the back of the success of some of the other more recent game to movies. Um, and we've got some potential castings, Mike. Okay. In Tom Holland. So I was going to say, before you oh, okay. say, I, I don't know. I've, when we were talking about this, I looked at the pictures, do not know the game. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily going to know if these are good casting <laughs> choices or not. So just bear with me on uh, that. So it's Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Not sure who's okay. playing who yet. Right. I don't like it. No? I think it's very... Looking at the characters, I would have thought Chris Platt would be the animal-looking yeah. thing. Yeah, star. As, as a, like a voice acting yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, And And <laughs> Tom Holland as Jack. Yeah, I think that's that one makes the most sense. But I don't like it in the way that it's just the easy route. It looks like they've just yeah, it's kind of they've it's, gone to who's like, hot at the moment and gone oh Tom yeah, Holland like and Chris Pratt are yeah. hot. Let's just get them in there. Yeah. And I don't agree with yeah. that. I think they should look for actors that fit the bill more than changing the characters to suit the actors. I mean, I'm sure they will do a good yeah, job. Oh, 100%, like, 100%, yeah, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But give someone else a chance for fuck's sake. Maybe they did, Jack, and maybe they were the best. They were the best. I'm sure the they probably were. <laughs> and 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 if they gave it to someone else, you'd probably be saying, "Oh, oh it'd be better if they had Chris Pratt." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have the chemistry. They would <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but I think we, we're seeing these guys in everything else. Maybe we don't need to see them in every film, which I'm excited to. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, like I said, I don't really know the games, mm. and I don't know too much about the story and backstory mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not particularly. Overly excited yeah. about it, but I'll go see it for you. Oh, I'll thanks, you. boy. Oh, you're nothing but hot. What a friend's boy. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay, so we, we discussed last week that we had a message from uh, a listener, uh, Holly Kingham, who asked us to review one of her favourite films, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once. It was a commercial success, without a doubt. It had a budget of just over 14,000... Oh, sorry, 14 million. Um, <laughs> and it made just over 141 million. It done okay. pretty dang well. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get into spoilers, Mike, what's, what was your overall thoughts on the film? Um, <laughs> uh, it's very, very strange. I thought the CGI and the the, the effects and stuff were done incredibly well i thought the the action sequences were done incredibly mm-hmm. well we, we touched on a few weeks ago about key key Kwan, key key Kwan, and his return back to hollywood um and you mentioned specifically in, in this movie he had a, he had a really good performance and i absolutely agree yeah. i think he was he was fantastic oh, 100%. um so it, it, so I, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily a spoiler but he sort of flips between two sort of types of characters um, which is never an easy sort of feat for a, an actor to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does it really, really well. And you can tell that he's definitely two personalities of the same character. Kind of thing. Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of felt like that the universe that they created is very small. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't feel like it was, it didn't feel like it was a set, right? but it didn't feel like it was a, it was a, a whole universe world. Or multiple yeah. universes. No, no, no. I mean like just, just, just the, you know when you watch a movie and you can either tell it's a film mm-hmm. set or you can tell that there's a whole world around them. Oh, okay. It's nothing to. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's a film set, but it doesn't feel like that there's a whole world around them. It just feels like it's in the places they're doing these yes. things. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I suppose that goes towards um, them having quite a small budget. So that that was my surprise when you said about the budget because the effects are. Incredible. I know this is what I'm saying. It does not look like a 14 million pound movie. Mm. It, yeah it's incredible so yeah definitely well all i'm gonna say before we get into spoilers is definitely give it a watch i don't want to say too much in what in terms of the story before we get into spoilers because i think it's best to go in there with just an open mind not knowing what to expect and just seeing it all unfold it's yeah. incredible yeah for sure. um okay so if we get into a bit of spoilers mike i'm gonna just breeze through some of the notes that i made um so the beginning of the film is very hectic. It's, there's loads going on. It's quite rapid in terms of how quickly it gets into the story. It doesn't mm-hmm. really hang about at all. Oh, God, it's so com- confusing. It's hard to <laughs> break it down. Yeah. Basically, there's a different universe to our universe called the Alphaverse, um, where they create a way of jumping between universes. And there's a lady in our universe who actually created the jump pads in the Alpha universe. So she just lives a mundane life in this universe. She owns a laundrette. And basically they need her to learn how to jump universes in order to stop a particular character, a baddie, from just destroying the universe because it's boring basically or the multiverse because it's boring so some of the things they do to jump universes is incredible so with the whole jump pad situation they have to do something random in order to leapfrog them into their their universe if you haven't seen the film this is going to sound incredibly confusing um but i'll try and (laughs) simplify it as much as possible so some of the random things mike uh, i don't know if you've made a note but 
some of the random things that they do in order to jump universes are these. So eating a chapstick, giving yourself paper cuts, which was really hard to watch. <laughs> I, I had to tell oh, my no, because he was doing, well. he, he specifically had to do it in between his yeah. fingers. Which just, no. That was tough. Um, yeah. Saying I love you and meaning it. Uh, yeah. Peeing yourself. Putting hand lotion in your eyes. Um, she took a bogey from her dad's nose and put it in, in his mouth. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> um, she slits a feather duster. Swallows a toy frog. I've put a note here just called Auditor of the Month Trophy. I don't know if you yeah. remember that bit, Mike. No. But no. basically, one of the guys she's fighting, in order for him to jump universe, there's an order of the month trophy that looks very much like a butt plug, and he has to put oh, it in his yeah. bum. And there's a whole yeah. fight scene around him trying to put it in his bum <laughs> and her trying to stop him from putting it in his bum. And it's so yeah. funny. It's, it's brilliant. So I've got a question about mm-hmm. these things, Joe, because I didn't quite understand it. At first, they were like, oh, you need to do this because it's the most, it's the higher probability of you being able to jump versus something else that you could do that's really hurtful. But, you know, in equal, like, I think they were saying that oh, you can either do this or you can go break your arm. Yeah. And you, yeah, that one. Yeah. So, so they're communicating with people that know the probability of what your random thing that you're going to do is going to be successful yeah. for you leaping. So they're doing the math. But, 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 but later on in the movie, she's just doing random shit. Yeah. Because she, also, yeah, because at that point she just wants to quickly jump to random universes to pick up random skills that she can implement into the big major fight scene. So she's doing a lot of these all in one go just to quickly jump into another. Yeah, but how does she know to do these specific random? She doesn't. She's just doing random things and then just using what she's given. but if she's naturally doing mm-hmm. them at this point, then surely they're not random. They're just natural habits that she's or natural things that she was naturally just going to do anyway. So like, I don't get it. I don't know. Cause it's no longer random if she's just doing yeah, it. You know? I suppose so. Yeah. I do get, I do get where you're coming from. I don't have an answer to you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them films that, yeah, you can't overthink. Yeah. Basically, you can't. Yeah, you kind of just have to take yeah. it for what it is, isn't it? I yeah. think overall, there's a couple of things. I'm just going to break that. There's a couple of scenes that, that I really enjoyed, Mike. There's a scene where there's about five or six different bad guys, and they go right jump to your new universe and gives them all uh, things to do. So I've actually watched it over and over again to find to see what every single person is doing. So one of them sings, one of them dances. One of them pulls their hair out. One of them tapes their eyes closed. One of them humps a lamp. One of them electrocutes himself <laughs> by putting his fingers in a wall socket. Uh, one of them licks a wall and the other photocopies his bum. <laughs> Another couple of films scenes that I really enjoyed. The fight scene with Kihai Kwan was all done by himself. Yes. Really? So we, we, a couple of episodes ago, we were discussing... Um, that he took a bit of a hiatus from um, from Hollywood because he wasn't getting any roles. Yeah. So during that time, he was actually working as a stunt coordinator. Okay. So um, and choreographer, especially for for sort of um, karate and things like that, martial arts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he'd done all his own fight scenes, including the brilliant fight scene right at the beginning with the fanny pack. It is yes. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot mm. express how much I enjoyed 
the choreography in this film. It was so yeah. amazing. There was the pinky f- finger fight scene, which I think was really good, where she goes into a universe where she uh, she works out oh, yeah. fingers, yeah, 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 and yeah. then she just beats this guy up just using her pinky finger. Yeah. Incredible. You've got the um, the hot dog universe as well, where they can't use their yeah. fingers, so they learn to do everything with their feet, and then she uses her feet to, to fight some bad guys off. Um, you know what my favourite universe was? The one where they're rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and then at one point she turns around and she's a rock with googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Again, this film is so batshit crazy, but it is so well done. If it's one of them yeah. films that you don't have to overthink it. It's a com- they've done really well in taking what is a very complex story and just making it enjoyable rather than a film that you're going to sit there questioning. It's just mm. a this is what's happening, go along with it and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's unreal. Um, some brilliant performances by some fantastic actors and actresses. There is I, um, no surprise never... why this film or the actors themselves won so many yeah. uh, Oscars. Thank you, Holly, because this was a really good... What what it was reminiscent of is the Umbrella Academy. Yes, which well, is like weird, really odd. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird and really strange. And yeah, yeah, Umbrella Academy is another you, one. But you can just go along with the yeah, ride, and it, exactly. It's just, yeah, I think out of um, ten universes, I would give it ten universes, Mike. I'd probably give it eight. Eight universes out of ten universes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was it was good, but I think there was just too many things that were just. It was just a just a little tad too confusing. <laughs> It's um, made it. It's a very difficult film to break down. I will say that, especially for yeah, our first yeah. review. It's yeah. a very confusing concept, and and considering that we are on a time restraint, yeah, as exactly. Well. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. tough to. If we had two hours to dissect, this I film, think we could this is definitely it, but... a review that you would have to watch the film first before you come to it. You're never going to yeah. get that. What happens in the film from this review? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, brilliant film. Thanks again, Holly. Yeah, thank you, Holly, for that. Yeah. Again, if anyone wants to contact us with any requests to review anything or to talk about anything in particular, please do get involved. We will um, try and get around to it. We, we were meaning to do this for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks now, um, but we, you know, we will eventually get to it. So contact us on our, on our many social medias at the in- Missing Intel Pod. Right, Joe, so this has been a fairly long episode, so we'll try and breeze past this, uh, mm-hmm. or we'll try and get through it as, as quick as we can. But I've got a funny uh, funny headline. The headline reads, Vladimir Putin mouthpiece claims Ukraine are making gay super soldiers to fight the war. So that's the context. So the war is is the context, and it's obviously it's not, it's not very funny. It's war. But yeah, that's just fucking ridiculous. Like, come but on, gay how... super soldiers? I mean, this the whole situation with the war in Ukraine is just ridiculous from the Russians' point of view. Mm-hmm. What even is a gay super soldier? Well, okay, so <laughs> Vladimir Putin mouthpiece Sergei Markov has claimed gay super soldiers will be fighting for Ukraine as the United States begins to use brainwashing techniques to build ancient Greek troops. Right. Right. What's okay. the benefit of the homosexuality? <laughs> Of the soldiers, or or their just their their sexual preference, anyway. Um, because everyone in Russia, particularly the oligarchs, are really scared of gay people. So, obviously, 
they're going to want super soldiers to be really, really scary to fit their narrative. So what's more scarier than gays? <laughs> you know? It's ridiculous. It is so stupid. <laughs> but the way he says it is like, it's just their sexual preference, man. Like, but, but the thing is, right? It doesn't make them any it's, different it's, to anyone else. It's the ancient Greek truth things that gets me. Right? Ukraine's military would be pulled, it will be packed full of LGBTQ plus members, according to the, the mad uh, Markov, who claim they're attempting to replicate lifestyles of Greek Spartans, right? Which... I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, they should be fucking scared because yeah. the Spartans were the fucking. Spartans, Spartans were hardcore, man. Yeah, um, I've seen three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> they'll kick you down a well. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> Jared Butler is no one to fuck with. <laughs> he believes through neurolinguistic programming and a selection of other brainwashing techniques that Ukraine's, Ukrainian soldiers will be turned gay against their will and sent off to fight stronger like ancient Greeks. What the fuck what is this? is this propaganda? <laughs> this is just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Could you imagine hearing this on your news? Yeah, yeah. Like, Breaking how could any, news. <laughs> how could anyone believe? Like this... What? Oh, God, I don't know. This is this is not how you propaganda, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we better work harder because gays are coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 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 the gays will get oh, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It said it's here, right? It's just it's just childish. Uh, military theorists and historians. He, so he's Markov claimed military theories and historians know which army in Greece was the strongest. Remember. The Spartans, they were united by homosexual brotherhood. They were all homos. But they weren't. <laughs> these, these were the <laughs> politics of leadership. I think they're planning the same for Ukraine's armed forces. All this is, right, is Don't a try of going, you're gay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But you know what? This guy's just watched Epic Movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's come he's been scrolling through Netflix, come across epic movie and was like, Fucking hell, sod that <laughs> They they kicked an aged depiction of Britney Spears into a hole. They're no one to fuck with. So I wonder if he said this as a way of like trying to win favour or something, or whether or not he said it off the cuff. You know? Yeah. Mr. Putin, did I do good? (laughs) No, mate. (laughs) Or or no, actually, knowing him, he'll be like, you did very good, comrade. (laughs) You've done so well. (laughs) Ukraine are making gay super soldier. No, Russia, no, no, they're not. Shut up. Jesus, look, he's inviting (laughs) this fucking country. Oh, look at Shut the fuck up. He's that mate in your group that you just wish would just fuck off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the gobby one that always puts his foot in his mouth and you're just like, oh. Always chats shit. (laughs) Yeah. Why do we keep inviting this fucking guy? (laughs) (laughs) We've just, we've managed to alienate a whole country, but. Who's going to well, miss them? Got, really? We've got, no li- we've, got, miss them? we've got no listeners from Russia. It's all no, good. good. I think, uh, I we'll keep it that not. way. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was literally about to say, if there's any Russians listening and you want to give your opinion, but yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, I don't think I'm going to open those can of worms. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. Oh, God. Yeah. What would they come out with next? <laughs> <laughs> Gay podcast host is sharing misinformation about our mouthpiece of Putin. <laughs> Oh come on now! Oh, oh, can you imagine if can you imagine if we end up on BBC News tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're plastered all over the Kremlin as, as, the, <laughs> as the, the the top Russian targets. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! I'm gonna wear gloves everywhere just in case I get fucking a bad case of the Nova checks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fun fact, talking about Russia, my dad is a Russian. bass player in a blues band. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. He, he's a bass player in a blues band, and one of their albums at one point was the most illegally downloaded blues album in Russia. Oh, wow. There you go. Do you know There's what? That's brilliant. That's, That's kind of brilliant. cool. <laughs> we should use your dad to actually spread truth <laughs> in the Russian people. He just, just writes songs. Like, right, his next big song's got to be... Gay super soldiers are not a thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ukraine super soldiers are not a thing. Community is nothing to worry about. <laughs> Putin spreading lies. Don't listen to them lies. That's it. Our next, our next plan of action is to start a um, anti. Oh God, an anti-Putin album. <laughs> Ukrainian soldiers are not gay. But even if they were, it doesn't mean a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got the blues over Putin's news. proud of that that was brilliant that's the best bit of lyric writing you've ever done oh my god oh, oh wait to see what james does with this <laughs> oh here comes another youtube band oh yeah be another youtube band on the horizon here we go <laughs> Joe and I in the podcast would like to reiterate that we the, the views shared by Vladimir Putin and his mouthpiece are not necessarily reflected by the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I just need to add in that small yeah, there. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so just saving our bacon there, Joe. <laughs> Cheers, mate. We live to record another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on another chuck, I suppose. <laughs> 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 all right, before before we really put our feet in our mouths, I'm going to end the pod there. All right, <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed the blues. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, again, feel free to join the chat. Um, you can find us on all of the uh, I'll say all of the Spotify. It's not all of the Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. Um, you can find us on all of the social media platforms at Missing Intel Pod. Get in touch. Let us know what you think. If there's anything you want to chat about, join the chat today. Anything you want to? Any you want to add, Joe? There's nothing wrong with being gay. And I have nothing else to say. 
beautiful. <laughs> Perfect way to <laughs> <laughs>